0: Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. Well, if we haven't met yet, my name's Dan. I'm one of the lead pastors here. Well, I got a question for you guys. What is something you've discovered that you can't live without? I, I asked you guys this in an email this week, and tons of you came back with responses. What is something that you've discovered that you can't live without? And of course, you guys are great people, so you said, Jesus... You said uh, you said the Bible, you said your church family, I love all of that. You said friends and family, and then we got into some lighthearted ones, well, maybe this one's kind of in the middle, but your phone, you can't live without your phone, some of you said that. One of you said uh, music, like your just passion is music, and I love that. Um, here's one, air fryer. Who's, by a show of hands, who can't live without their air fryer? Anybody out there? Anybody out? Just, okay, so now we know who it was. Sorry, Victor. Oh, it wasn't you. (laughs) Um, so there's two of you at least. I haven't got on the air fryer train yet, but, um, there's another one. Chocolate. Orthopedic sandals. Uh, the person that submitted that is not over a day over 37, I don't think. So that's kind of funny. Uh, sports. My mattress. Anybody else can't live without their mattress? You guys got that one? Mattress. This is my favorite. My kids, but also silence apart from my kids. (laughs) Those come hand in hand, don't they? Like you need a little break from your kids. I love that. Mine, uh, what I was thinking of, mine is a Chromecast. You guys know what a Chromecast? It's the little thing um, on your phone that you get out your phone and you can you can send any video to your TV from your phone or your computer. This came out, this is one of the originals. In 2012, you plug it in the back of your TV and I was just, I'm still dumbfounded by it. I think it's the most amazing invention that I can take something, at that time was computer, I didn't have a smartphone yet, and just like send it to my TV wirelessly, magically through the interwebs. I thought it was the coolest thing. I still think it's the coolest thing. Now we have Rokus and Apple TVs and all that, but Chromecast is the original and the best, in my opinion, as an Android user. Um, Coincidentally, you know, around that same time, 2012, um, I began to experience something that would change every aspect of my life. I began to experience the presence of God through the Holy Spirit. And this wasn't just like an upgrade to my life like the Chromecast is, that's like just an upgrade. This was and continues to be a transformative um, relationship for my life. And many of you know, anyone who desires to know God, this is transformative for you. So today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, specifically his presence, his transformation and his power in us. This is the fourth message in our series, Life Vineyard DNA, where we're talking about our church family values and what's important to us here at Life. And so over the last few weeks, we've been given uh, little phrases to help remember each thing that we've learned, and I just want to recap those real quick. The first one is, everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to participate in God's work. Um... And it just means that, like no one's excluded, including the kids over there, right? They have a role in God's kingdom. You have a role in God's kingdom. Everyone gets to play. Uh, then we learned last week about now and the now and not yet of God's kingdom and how His kingdom is here, but not yet in its fullest form. We learned that we don't have to twiddle our thumbs until we get to heaven to experience the goodness of God and the perfectness of heaven, but that we can have appetizers of it here. Remember Liz talking about appetizers last week? And then it also gave us a framework for the brokenness we experience. We realize that the kingdom is not yet as well, and so we still experience some of that brokenness. Um, and then our friend Joe, uh, Joel talked about being naturally supernatural. Remember he um, talked about us, about, that, about saying just like, hey, can I pray for you right now? And it's not a big deal. It's not this uh, overhyped thing. It's just being naturally supernatural, inviting God into our lives on a daily basis in a natural way. And so the phrase for today is a prayer. It's an ancient prayer people have prayed ever since the beginning of the church, hundreds of years. And we've just said, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. If you ever go to another vineyard church, there's over 2,000 around the world, you will hear this prayer. It's just something that we've adopted for our own. We just say, come Holy Spirit. So many people have prayed this and are praying this. It's a prayer that says, come God. I am open to your direction. I'm open to your leading in my life. I'm open to your presence. I'm open to your transformation of what you want to change in me. I want you in my life, is what we're praying when we say, come Holy Spirit. You know, for much of my life, my experience with the Holy Spirit was kind of undercover. Uh, when, when he was moving in my life, I didn't really know it was him. When I talked to people about being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, I thought uh, you had to be a little bit weird, a little bit nutty to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't really understand what it meant to be filled with Holy Spirit. My experience was like, you know, when the pastor touched you on the forehead or whatever, you fainted, right? Or um, I remember this uh, person, I went to a a church service once and this person was just like uh, doing laps around the sanctuary, like all crazy with their hands in the air. And I was like, whoa, that must be what it's like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And while that sometimes happened, that's not a full understanding of the Holy Spirit. For me, I didn't, really understand, um, I didn't really understand any of that aspect of it. I understood the Trinity, I understood the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that there are three persons in one, that there's one God, three persons, and I understood the role of the Father, and I understood the role of the Son, but the Spirit, I didn't didn't really get, because I didn't want to run around the sanctuary all crazy like, or faint when the pastor, you know, I, I didn't grow up like that. Um, I, really, I really just thought of God at, uh, as the Holy Spirit as this impersonal God force. Um, you know, I, I kind of describe it, how I thought of it, like this. Like, the Holy Spirit um, sat in a nice little box at the front of the sanctuary every Sunday, and he waited for his people to show up, you know. And, uh, you know, if you're going through a really hard time in life, maybe that's when you get the Holy Spirit out. And you say, hey, hey, Pastor, can I can I get the Holy Spirit out of the box today, you know, and the pastor would pray for you and get the Holy Spirit out and be like, oh, yep, yeah, here's the Holy Spirit, and he'd pray for you, and then we'd put the Holy Spirit back in, right? It was a it was only when you're going through really hard times. That was my understanding of why we needed the Holy Spirit. Both of those views are so inadequate of who the Holy Spirit is. They have these little bits of truth to them, but. As we'll learn here today, that those views lack a full view of who God is and who the Spirit is. So when we read our Bibles, here's what we read about the Spirit and how He interacts with us in our daily lives. Um, you, can read, you read these things. Uh, he knows the mind of the Son and the Father and shares that with us. He teaches us. He teaches others through us. He fills us with boldness. Uh, he's grieved by our sin and the brokenness of the world. He dwells within us. He gives us life. He leads us. He helps us. He intercedes for us like the Holy Spirit prays for you. He strengthens you. And there's a lot more as you read the Bible. You can see all these things that the Spirit does. Today, we're just going to focus on three insights to the character and personal role of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how we can experience him each and every day. This first one, is that we experience God's loving presence through the Holy Spirit. We experience God's loving presence through the Holy Spirit. You know, our vision for the church is that life would be a group of people that are inviting others into the loving presence of God. That's what we want to be. We want to be a church that's just saying, hey, We're experiencing the loving presence of God, and we want you to experience it too. And we're inviting people into that relationship. And we can't experience God without the Spirit. And we can't invite others to experience God without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is how we have the eternal God in our finite lives. I mean, we have the eternal God in our finite lives, and we have that because of the Holy Spirit. There's this guy that we read about in the Bible. Um, He's hateful. He uh, murders people. Uh, He hates people that believe different things than him. He has no mercy for them. uh, Until he experiences the presence of God. And his, his life was radically transformed after that. To be one of the most influential people in church history. And his name was Paul. And he wrote this. He said God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's Romans 5.5. Let me read it one more time. God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The, The gift of the Spirit is the gift of God's very presence with you and me. That's the gift of the Spirit that we get to experience God's presence in our daily lives. You know, in just a few short weeks, we're gonna start singing Christmas songs. Anybody seen a Christmas commercial yet? I have. And I was I was upset. Um, but no, we we sing these songs around Christmas, and there are these songs, and there's the words in the songs that are very Christmassy. Like if you heard them at a non-Christmas time, you'd say, Oh, that's a Christmas word. Now, I want you guys, if you can think of one Go ahead and shout it out Shout out one of those Christmassy words That we only hear around Christmas And no other time Go ahead Holly Holly. Yeah, I don't think of Holly, Holly Other than somebody's name Or Christmas, right? What else? What else do you guys got? Mary. Mary, yeah Mary is like this thing that we right. And jingle bells Yeah, of course Like jingle bells Don't talk about jingle bells Unless it's December, right? What else do you guys got? noel of course that's a good one um you say noel i no, nah, that's a christmas thing right uh what angels, angels we talk yeah well, that's a that's a that is a christmas theme for sure yep uh some that i i was kind of just reading through christmas songs and laud is one that i saw like i remember seeing that as a as a young teenager and thinking why does jesus need lard i don't understand that why are we bringing him lard that can't be what it means. Laud is like, laud, laud to bring... What? How does it... I don't know. I don't even know it. Um, yeah, so you guys got a manger. I never talk about... It. I'm like, hey, that horse is eating out of the manger. No one <laughs> says that, right? Um, so we got all those things. And, and oh, we sing about donkeys all of a sudden. Like, why are There's donkeys in all of these songs all of a sudden. We don't sing about donkeys any other time. My favorite Christmassy word... And song that we sing is Emmanuel. This is the name for Jesus that means God with us. God with us, Emmanuel. It's a celebration that God has come near to us. That he physically walked the earth, rescuing, forgiving, teaching, healing, compassioning with people. But we don't have Jesus physically walking the earth with us anymore. When Jesus was telling his friends that he was leaving, this all happens in John 14 through 16, if you want to turn there with me. I'll read, read bits and pieces of it today. Um, when he was telling his friends that he was leaving them, he told them not to be troubled or worried because it was for their benefit that he goes. If I'm a disciple, if I'm Jesus' friend, I'm like, no, it's not, Jesus. Like, they got to live, they got to walk with, they got to spend time with the living, physical God in their lives for three years or more. Some of them knew them, knew him for even longer. I can't imagine what they were thinking. Like, no, Jesus, don't leave. It is not better that you go. Jesus tells them this in chapter 14, verse 5 of John. But now I am going away. To the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. The advocate there is the Holy Spirit. In this way, Jesus was releasing his power. To not just his disciples, but to every believer, both right then and forever, His power released us through the Holy Spirit. So everything that the disciples were doing, everything that, that Jesus' friends did, um, everything that they experienced with Jesus, His physical presence, in His physical presence, we now can experience through the Holy Spirit. We can experience, just like they did, his presence for comfort, his presence for healing, his presence for teaching, his presence for wisdom, his presence for boldness. Everything Jesus brought because of his love for us is available to us today through the Spirit. Because God is Emmanuel. God with us all three persons of the trinity available to us through the holy spirit Uh, gordon fee is a theologian and he writes this about this topic god's empowering presence that the spirit is the way god has come to us in the present age to be with us to indwell us both corporately and individually to fellowship with us, to empower us for life in the present as we await the consummation, which is the return of Christ. By the Spirit, our lives are invaded by the living God himself. God himself is present among us. Number two. We can experience transformation through the Holy Spirit. We can experience transformation through the Holy Spirit. When we experience the presence of God, it's hard to leave such an experience unchanged. Our life is going in a direction, and like we're going here, our best direction that we know, and sometimes our worst direction, and we know that. And we encounter God's presence, and he offers us often a new direction. And he offers us his best direction and leadership for our lives. Um, Here's a little bit of my story. I was at a point in my life where I believed in God. Um, I even had encounters with him. But I was in a habit of just saying no to what he had for my life. And in that season, I was attending a worship night. And I was there mostly just for social reasons. I didn't really want to worship. I didn't want to sing the lyrics. I was just kind of there. And I think that was all right with God, because I wasn't singing them. I was looking at the lyrics, and I was thinking about them, and I started pondering them and thinking about what they meant, and started saying, you know, like, if those are true, if, if these lyrics about God's love for me, about me being his child, that he cares for me and loves me, like, if that's all true, like, I'm not living up to that. I'm not following his direction for my life. In that moment, I felt God's presence. God's presence on me, saying, like, I love you. You are my child. And I had another choice to make. I could say, no, I still don't want to follow you as my father. I want to do my own thing still. And I could have said no, and I did many times before that. And in this time, I just said yes. I said yes to Jesus for one of the first times in my life where I deeply meant it. And I remember, this I had never done it before, I got down on my knees, like in the middle of worship. My friends were around me, um, and I just felt like I was supposed to get on my knees and just say, God, my life is yours. And so in that moment, a transformation began in me. I experienced God's presence, and I said yes to a transformation. I was offered a transformation, and I said yes to it, And then the Holy Spirit started working on my heart. Going back to John 14 through 16, when Jesus is telling his disciples about the Holy Spirit, right after he says that he's going to go away and the Spirit's going to come, he says this. He says, And when he comes, the Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin, and of God's righteousness, and the coming judgment, The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. You see what Jesus is saying here? He's saying when the Spirit comes, you are going to be shown God's righteousness, his holiness. You are going to see that. And how good God is. We've talked about this before, this idea of God's holiness or righteousness, is perfectness, essentially. And then the Spirit is going to show you your lack of righteousness, your sin, like where you're falling short of God. So he's going to show you those two things, and you're going to get to compare them. But then, do you notice what Jesus says last? He says, righteousness is available. So then we see God's righteousness, we see our own sin in our lives, and then we're told that we can have righteousness like God. We can be holy because of Jesus' death and resurrection in our lives. So then we have a choice. Like, do we accept his forgiveness? Do we accept his life for us so that we can be seen as holy through Jesus. And we, we no longer have that sin. Do we still sin? Yes. But God sees us as righteousness, as righteous through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so we're convicted of God's holiness. We're convicted of our lack of holiness. And then we're offered Jesus in our lives to be transformed. It's this beautiful thing. This transformation is made practical in Galatians 5. There's some fruit that's talked about in Galatians 5. You guys know the fruit of the Spirit, right? And before that, right before that, we read this. I call this the the fruit of evil, and you'll see why. When you follow, this is Galatians 5.19, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that's the fruit of evil. That's what happens when we follow our own direction for our lives. We selfishly go down that road. But in the very next verse, we get the fruit of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control there is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the, the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This is the life that we get to have when we say yes to the Spirit's transformation, his work in our lives. When it comes to transformation, we experience God's presence. We're confronted with our need for a savior, for our need for righteousness, so we can stand right before God. And we're offered a new way to live with the Spirit as our guide. And when we say yes to him, when we say yes to him, we are gifted with the righteousness to live life that produces fruit, That comes from the Spirit Himself. So we experience transformation through the Holy Spirit. We experience His presence. We experience transformation. And then number three is that we are able to do the things that Jesus did through the Spirit, which is amazing. Again, back to John 14 through 16. This is John 14, uh, 14, 12. Jesus is telling His skeptical friends, like He's telling, I'm going to leave. Um, all that stuff. And his friends are just asking questions and they're kind of skeptical about what's going on here as we all would be when you've lived three years in the physical presence of Jesus. Um, And Jesus says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. He's alluding that when I go, Holy Spirit's going to come, and you're going to do the same stuff as me. Greater stuff than me. And that's exactly what these guys do. All the guys that were in his presence, as he said that, we read about their greater works, as Jesus calls them, in Acts, where they're doing the stuff that Jesus did. And it wasn't just them. It was people like you and me, people that had never met Jesus before, that were doing this stuff because of the power of the Holy Spirit. These guys do all sorts of things empowered by the Spirit. You've probably read or heard about some of them. There's miracles like opening the eyes of the blind, uh, making the crippled walk. And then there's also things that today that we might not classify as miracles, but they were done in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the impact was just as great, if not greater, for the people that received them. I love the account of Acts 6. There's these seven guys that see a need and they tackle that need and take care of it. There's uh, widows and assuming their children as well were not getting enough food. And these disciples, these these guys, some of them had met Jesus and most of them hadn't, said, you know what? In the power of the Holy Spirit, it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they essentially opened a food bank, a food pantry is what we would call it today. And they provided for these people's needs, for these widows and their kids' needs. Um, We wouldn't classify that as a miracle, but it was done in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just think of like all the people that were fed because of that is amazing and exactly what the Spirit wanted to happen. Just like he wanted um, that blind person to be healed by Peter, he wants these widows and their children to be fed. Um, and as you read Acts, you can see all sorts of these things. Their teaching was spirit empowered. They had spirit empowered to worship oh. together. They were given boldness from the spirit. They encouraged each other with the spirit's power. They were given ministry opportunities from the spirit, and then the spirit would like direct them there, show them where to go, in the spirit's leading. Sometimes we can separate the spirit empowered things into two categories can't we like the natural and the supernatural but wherever the supernatural is happening that's where god's kingdom is breaking in so god's kingdom breaks in wherever the spirit is leading wherever he's moving and so these seven guys who started this food pantry with the power of the holy spirit i put them in the same category as a blind guy being healed or peter healing the cripple in Acts. And you know what? Like as I was thinking about this this week, I see this in our church so much. I see the Spirit-empowered things that are happening. Like this week, I heard a story of one of you called another one of you, just like um, the Spirit prompted you to call the other person. And the person that got the phone call needed something to happen And so the person that called felt prompted just to pray for them over the phone. And within 10 minutes, that thing was cleared up. Like, I I love that. That's the Spirit's power in our church, working in that way. Um, Every week, every week without fail, I see you guys praying for each other. Not just up here. That's awesome. I love when we have our prayer team up here for anybody that needs it. But then you guys are just talking after service, right? And one of you is bold enough to share a vulnerability, maybe a sickness, maybe you're just having a hard time with something, and the other person says, can I pray for you right now? And I see you guys hand on a shoulder just praying for one another. I see a pocket over there and a pocket over there and a pocket over there of people just praying for each other. That is, is using the Spirit. That is being empowered by the Holy Spirit to intercede for one another. Um, Nancy, I'm, I'm going to call you out real quick for the chili cook-off. This is another great example. We've had the chili cook-off before, and this year Nancy said, hey, let's do it for those in need. Those, uh, the people that are at CU at home, they don't get a great meal all the time. And I, I think we should go there and take our chili that we have tons of, that we always make tons of, and serve it to them and give it to them and let them vote on it. I think that's the spirit moving in Nancy's life, and Nancy's saying yes to doing a, a spirit-empowered chili cook-off. And for those of you that go, that are sacrificing for y- your Saturday afternoon, you're sacrificing, like you're going to be there, and I encourage you to open your eyes, like, is a spirit asking me to pray for any one of these people? Or ask them what they need prayer for, what they're going through. That's spirit-empowered stuff, and I love that. It is so good. The supernatural is happening wherever God's kingdom is breaking in. So let me recap those three things. We experience God's loving presence through the Holy Spirit. We experience transformation through the Holy Spirit. And we are able to do the very things of Jesus, and even greater things than Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. God, we are so thankful for your presence um, I'm just thankful for all these examples that we have uh, in the Bible of your, of your presence, of your spirit breaking in and transforming people and then emboldening us and, and empowering us to do your work. I pray that as we go out today and this week and next month and next year that we would be looking for your movement out there in the community. We know that you don't live in a box in the sanctuary, but that you're out moving and working all over our town, all over our city, all over the world. And we just need to open our eyes and then be empowered to work with you wherever you are. So Jesus, we just thank you for the Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you for bringing us your presence. We invite you here in our worship. Holy Spirit, come. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org. lifevineyard.org.